your source for stateside views on Everton Football Club. Hosted by James Boyman and Ryan Williams. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to ATP. James and Ryan here following Everton's 3-1 win at home against Burnley. With this win, Everton have now won consecutive lead matches after conceding the first goal, obviously following the Southampton win on the first week of the Premier League season. Previously, the Toffees had won just two of their previous 59 Premier League games when conceding the first goal. The Rafa effect is real, Ryan. Yeah, we had it all the way. I mean, clearly it was, uh, you know, <laughs> zero to 90. Um, no, uh, it was a bizarre game for sure. Um, another great second half performance um, at Matt underscore Cheatham. He nailed it pretty well. Everton have had nine plus second half shots in three or four Premier League games under Benitez did so in just two of Enchilotti's final 37 games. That is pretty impressive. Instant match reactions. You know what? Let's just take it to the listeners. Yeah, I think they uh, we've got a few here and they nailed it. We start with Taylor Platt at CT Platt 2 said, man, it's good to have these vibes again. Last season leaves me cautious, but I don't think Rafa could ask for a much better start. Team really seems to respond to him. Yeah, and then we had Garrett Post in there. Um, I don't know what that G-O-T-S means. Goat? season go to the season it's, it's it's his first and last name parrot garrett post parrot ghost no no that so it's here's this quote oh goal what of the, the hell just happened ah oh, geez god i totally couldn't figure that out <laughs> sorry normally we prep really well for this but i wasn't prepared for this one anyway garrett uh friend of the program our San Jose brethren. Garrett's comment was, what the hell just happened? <laughs> Andrus Townsend, not only for man of the match, but also goal of the season already. Thank you, Hamas, for the assist. Uh, the swing and emotions within 15 minutes was almost too much for my brain to handle. It is amazing. I mean, that's the beauty of football. You know what I mean? It just it just flows and you can't do anything about it. You can't stop it. Um, pretty amazing. Uh, at Daniel McArdle. What's that win probability percentage now, gents? Which was a great play because the announcers were very uh, proud to unveil NBC Sports or whatever, their new gimmick, which is win, win probability, probability percentage. Yeah, it's so ridiculous. They've been showing it to in college football games going up and down. They've been doing that for years. It's so it's so dumb. I mean, as a guy who likes stat, it's just dumb. Anyway, it makes um, even less sense for soccer, but we it, won't uh, bear what, it. Yeah, whatever. Ground. I mean, just yeah, it's just a dumb gimmick. I mean, there's so many good in- interesting data points out there. Like that's the one you're going to go with. Yeah, whatever. I don't know what to say. Uh, we had a bunch of people get the score predictions right, which is uh, always a good thing because I-, I would say the discord is relatively optimistic. Yeah, definitely. We had Sicknellers, M Ward 13, Clayson, Wisconsin Toffees, and Everton Fury 19 all predict the 3-1 victory, which I think with five correct predictions ties our Discord record. So I feel like that one's uh, getting ready to be broken, but uh, kind of surprising that so many thought it would be such a high-scoring affair, yeah. Ryan, especially given both teams' kind of tendency to uh, not possess the ball, look for quick attacks, and we saw with the lineup selections... Consistency for Burnley, but a change for Everton. Obviously, Rafa elects to keep Pickford in goal, but goes with Coleman, Godfrey, Keane, Mina, Dean in the back. Midfield, Alan DeCore, 
Townsend Gray, and then Richarlison leading the line in the absence of Dominic Calvert-Lewin, who, in addition to his broken toe, supposedly picked up a hamstring injury as well, looks to be out a couple weeks. And of course, the conspicuous continuing absence of James Rodriguez. Yeah, it's the whole thing that happened at Madrid. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's like, I mean, was it Mark Twain said history does not repeat itself. Uh, It just rhymes. So, yeah, it's it's the Benitez thing again. You know, it's uh, Las Palmas where he he sat and didn't, you know, didn't play him, didn't suit him up, even though James said he was healthy. And if if it stays true to form, he'll be on the bench for the next match like he was against PSG in the Champions League and won't get in. So uh, (laughs) I think that's what we can expect. But um, Burnley's lineup, uh, pretty much everyone is expected. Uh, No major injuries or anything. I thought we see uh, Maxwell Cornet, but we did not. Um, He would have been interesting to see. But look, it's what you expect from from Burnley. They, they pressure maybe a little bit more than than we're giving them credit for, but they tend to concede possession. They're the only worst possession team in the league than us. Uh, worst passing team by a mile in the league at like 68 uh, percent. Won the most aerials, like six more than anyone else. P90. So, I mean, look, they're going to sit back, fire crosses. They play 4-4-2 every single match uh, and they're going to get into the mixer. But the thing is, I mean, Dice can do some different things in the 4-4-2. Uh, I think today the tactical setup was a little bit unique in their regard. They spread it out a little bit more. You could tell they were trying to exploit the wide areas for us. And and they tried to put some pressure on us. And, you know, I mean, somewhat it worked for the first half. It made it a very, very sloppy, sloppy game. Um, I think when we saw the Everton lineup out, I thought it was probably a back three. I think some people had some questions. Um, it was a strange setup though, and it looked unfamiliar and it did, it, it was not particularly effective. I don't think. No, absolutely not. I mean, we know Everton have experimented with the back three under basically all of our previous managers and it just never really seems to go yeah. very well, but this match obviously called for something perhaps a little bit different than what we've seen in the first three Premier League matches, given Burnley's different style of play versus the previous three teams who tend to pressure higher. We knew Burnley would tend to sit back. They did pressure a little bit higher today. But Rafa clearly trying to preempt that with some tactical changes, put three big center halves in. And it was great to see, of course, Ben Godfrey get his first start of the season, but interestingly placed him center uh, of the three center halves. And as we've said, it didn't work all that well. I'm not quite sure I understand that one. Now, I will say this. Wood does tend to stay up a little higher and, and Barnes drops deep behind him. So maybe the intent was to kind of put Godfrey on Barnes. Um, you know, wanted to blanket one of the most annoying players in the league uh, and then put the other two guys who are better in the air to deal with with wood. I, I don't know, but that's pretty non-traditional. I mean, when you see that center guy kind of stepping out and being the more aggressive one, that that's unique. And it didn't seem to be working particularly well. We just had trouble building the ball out, getting it up the pitch very quickly. You know, uh, you could tell we were trying to use our fullbacks to do that. Um I think the challenge with that formation is you've got Richarlison up top, but now you're really relying on two center center mids to kind of occupy that space in the middle of the pitch and get it up as quickly as possible. So fine, you get it out to the fullbacks, but how are you getting it to the wings and how are you getting it to Richarlison without kind of that 10 second striker type that can kind of maybe drop in a little bit against these guys and, and find some room to transition. It made it hard. And I thought that was pretty obvious. Um, at one point, I thought Burnley was kind of overloading on their right or left, but they were they ended up being pretty, pretty balanced. I, I think that's also because they can almost just hand it over to McNeil on the left side and he almost creates on his own. Um, 
And look, I, I thought we did a decent job containing Ashley Barnes. Again, not my favorite player, but he's been their most creative player. He's actually been pretty effective this year. I think shot created actions is almost five and open play for wow. him. And look, uh, they, they normally funnel a lot of possession through Westwood in the middle and, and, um, and Brown Hill's normally okay with the ball. I think their biggest problem was I felt they got too wide at times. In fact, the center center backs in particular, I mean, there was too much space sometimes between uh, me and Tarkowski. And, and yes, I understand why they were going out there to support the wide attacks. And I think we eventually made him pay, but boy, it took a long time. You know what I mean? And we were trying to play through fullbacks and it just, I, I don't know. I mean, we had to make a lot of changes eventually to break them down. So that's that, you know, we just never really got into the flow until that magical period of time. And, in the second half and you look at our tack, you know what I mean? It was a little more right side. Yeah. Which has been kind of a, a theme now with, with Townsend starting, it seems like we do want to utilize Coleman and Townsend in a partnership as much as they have to do defensively. But I think the three at the back just seems to be such a, it almost kneecaps our ability to play the way that, does. that Benitez wants us to. And I get wanting to be defensively resolute, but then you, it forces and in the opposition force this as well. Burnley do. We had to sort of play out of the back, try to draw them out and play in behind. They weren't going to just over be over aggressive and let us right. play the ball over the top. And so we didn't look good trying to execute on that strategy. But in the end, both teams tended to be fairly balanced in their attack, although we went 46% down the right hand side versus 36 down the left. Burnley were pretty even 39 and 37 respectively. The shots locations and the XG actually were shockingly even despite the end scoreline. But uh, yeah, both teams, roughly 60% of their shots inside the 18 Everton, 43% from outside the box, which didn't end up being of course, much of a problem because we've got some snipers in the squad now. Um, but overall, I think obviously a very fortunate match and uh really great spell in the second half that, really put the game to bed, but it was a chaotic and disjointed and at times incredibly frustrating first 45. I I'm interested to see what the final XG is on, you know, stats bomb, because I, I can't imagine it's that close. Like I, I just don't, I mean, I, I guess I forgot that Burnley did have some good chances and we'll walk through a couple of those. Um, you know, maybe we just knew they were going to be benign because they don't have a ton of good goal scores. I, I don't know. Maybe we were just fortunate. Um, but yeah, the first half did not start well. And we'll get into a little more of the details, too, because Rafa did a did a nice interview afterwards where he walks through some of the tactical decision making. Um, the game started right away in the second minute. Brownhill had a horrible tackle on Richarlison. And I'm thinking, dear Lord, is this how this match is going to go? <laughs> no yellow, of course. And sure enough, that was a perfect foreshadow. Uh, I know Gary Neville afterwards did kind of a whole analysis on Sky Sports and this one he picked out and he said it's an absolute mirror of the Harvey Elliott tackle. And he, he said it's not a red, but it should have been a yellow. And, and I agree with them. I mean, it, you know, right there, you have a chance to set the tone and Martin Atkinson did not. Um, I, it was a ridiculous tackle, frankly, from behind two foot. I just don't appreciate that. Um and it, it kind of helped Burnley, I felt like. And, and you know, initially they had a real big chance in the six, too. Yeah, McNeil, uh, Dwight McNeil, Everton target. Unreal cross. Uh, has an unbelievable cross from really just kind of way out in no man's land on the, on the left-hand flank. He does well to get the ball comes to him, and he puts it inch perfect to Wood. Wood 
blows it. I mean, that, sh- that should he didn't um, really go up for it. It, it was a very, I know, it was it was very weird. St- I'm used to him going up and at least putting a head on that one. You know, he's not perfect. I mean, but maybe it was the lights. I, I don't know what it was, but it was pretty strange. It was dropped on his head and he barely even had to move. And it's like he either mistimed it or he did. Like you said, he didn't go up for it, but Pickford didn't come out for it or make things difficult for him. I don't think anyone it didn't look perfect when he hit it. And then it just sort of dropped right to wood. But fortunately, Everton escape uh, without conceding there. And uh, the game went on and it was really kind of old. He really should score from there. He really should score. Thank you, but Andy was, Townsend. I mean, unbelievable. <laughs> that guy, I just God, I thought, oh, it's on everything he says. He really should score. From that. That's like his catchphrase. It was. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you saw how it just got the game just got out of hand very quickly. They were calling no fouls whatsoever, and it was terrible football. I don't know what else to say. I mean, they probably should have scored in the 26. I don't know how they didn't score. I mean, granted, I don't know also how the shot got through three people, but they had another long ball that would kind of knock down, brought it somehow down to Barnes, came up with it back to goal, lays it off for Brownville, Brownhill. He gets it through three players right to Pickford. Thank God. And at this point, I mean, you could tell just structurally we weren't good. But even though the the announcers didn't pick up on it at this point, uh, Benitez made a good decision and moved Keen into the center of the three and then and then began to let Mina and Godfrey kind of push out a little bit more, a more traditional back three. I mean, that's normally how it's played, you know, and I, I think that helped a little bit move the ball around some of their pressure. Um, and I thought it gave Mina and, and Godfrey to a lesser extent, but gave Mina in particular some ability to play the ball some. And uh, it seemed like it worked a little bit, even if the rest of the half, we had a couple chances right away, but even if the rest of the half was still pretty sloppy. Yeah, it was sloppy, though. We did have those good chances. Decore almost uh, doubling his was a good shot on the season. Really good shot and a really good move from Andrews Townsend to cut inside, get beat the defender. Uh, plays it in decore hammers one forces Nick Pope into a really good save really good and first then, touch on that too because I mean Townsend did not send it soft it was bouncing he, yeah. yeah he couldn't I mean he couldn't he had to play it very quickly too but yeah it was a good shot that's a pretty good save I think it was and then decore the always energetic character that he is misses the shot or has the shot saved and then just immediately drops back ends up winning <laughs> the header on the edge of the like, 18 what? like two or three seconds he later he just took a shot how did that yeah, that was crazy. Um, and then we had that bizarre attack in the 30, 32nd where all three center halves were in. I was like, what was that? It didn't really amount to much. Um, and then we had a wonderful moment in the 32nd, a little bit after that, where, you know, Ben Mee releases the ball on the sidelines. Richarlison goes in full tilt. And I don't know if he went low. I, there was never a great replay that they I didn't saw. show it. No, he went in hard and I think he probably got him. Um and they were not happy. Burnley were not happy with that. Of course, you know, Richarlison, as usual, is getting kicked the whole time. And if you watch their center halves off the ball, too, they grab a lot. They do a lot of things yep. to try and slow people down. So and then, you know, Westwood came out being the, you know, going after Richie. I'm like, whatever, dude, get off your stool first. And maybe you could hit someone in the head. Uh, but yeah. And then Richie, you know, slapping his hand away, slapping his hand away. And there comes in Seamus Coleman. He's having none of it. Yeah, he was a uh, very astute decision from our captain there to get in the mix and prevent Richarlison from uh, really being involved immediately pushes him away says get out of here and Richarlison actually you know displays some maturity after the little like slap fight that he yeah, had he, got he walks away him. and lets the other guys handle it which was a wise decision but at that point Atkinson had completely let the match get out of control agree the fact that there was no yellow card for anyone at that point was a disgrace in my opinion yep you really got to just assert 
your position as referee there and say, hey, guys, you got to cut that out and start throwing cards around. Otherwise, it just continues to escalate. Yeah, and he did it like first thing in the second half, too. But before we get to that, you know, Richarlison finally made a good one touch pass. I still think he's a little better as a soul center forward. It's just Coleman was offsides and we oh, found Gray, who almost too. Gray hit a banger too. He just missed, you know, a little outside of the post. But that was a bit of a glimmer of hope because it was something that happened pretty quickly, which is how Benitez wants to play. But we limped to halftime. It was really a terrible half of football. I mean, the only positive thing was that when Michael Keane finally came in, I mean, from about the 28th minute to halftime, I mean, we had three shots. They had none. We had a little bit more of the ball um, and, you know, they were they were putting us to the sword before then. So um, and, and look, we'd only dispossessed the ball or lost the ball once in that time period. And Burnley had, had been dispossessed four times. So I felt like there was a little bit momentum at halftime. Uh, and then we got through it. And of course, in the 47th, finally, a yellow card on Brown Brownhill after like, you know, grabbing and committing several fouls. Um yeah, it was, it was a really strange sequence of events. We had a free kick that Dean almost killed someone in the wall. And then it all kicks off again in the 50th, which this is one of the more inexplicable no cards I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, Richarlison receives the ball in space and immediately Tarkowski comes and closes him down. Two-footed tackle, studs raised. He does get the ball, but it's such a dangerous and out of control play that and his back foot just wipes him out too. It just cleans him out. His intention. It, it, he was going in to wipe 100%. him out and put him in the first row. I mean, he was whether the ball had been there or not, he was going in full tilt to clean him out. And it's it's frankly a, a dirty play. Has to be a card again, same as in the first couple minutes. I mean, early in the game, you might get the benefit of the doubt the game just started. Refs tend to not want a card, guys. Early this this case just blows my mind that this wasn't called. Gary Neville backed us up, said it has to be a yellow and potentially a red. I think the only thing saving him is that he does get a piece of the ball. But the, the quote is, even in 1997, when Neville was playing, he said, that's a yellow. And he said he's, he's been given yellows for that dozens, if not hundreds of times. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a tackle I would have pulled off in high school. You know what I mean? Like where, you know, and it probably would have turned into a brawl. But I mean, it's just right. It's terrible. And the sad part, it wasn't like 1997. It felt more like 1980. I mean, it's hmm. a ridiculous tackle. Um Philadi at Philadi made the comment MVP. Uh, the fact is Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher said that if that second tackle happens against a Ronaldo Salah or Kevin De Bruyne, it's a red on the Burnley player. Atkinson didn't call it yellow because it happened to an Everton player and not a top six star. Simple. Really? What do you think? I mean, it's clear that the top six tend to get the benefits of those calls. What Obviously. if Richarlison goes down like he's dead? I mean, don't get me wrong. You can see Harvey Elliott's ankle snap. So, I mean, that that yeah. was one where. But I, I felt like the outrage around the results of that is what drove the drove the red card. I actually disagree with a lot of people. I think the foul on Harvey Elliott could have been a red card. I mean, it was from behind. Mm. Uh, it was reckless. It was very similar to the first tackle that Brownhill had on Richarlison. But if Richie, I mean, Richie went down. I, I don't know. I mean, could our reaction have been different? It's sad that the referees would need the reaction. That's what how that's you my not get a card like no card at all, though. It was so it's obvious ridiculous. what he's doing. I mean, he, Martin Atkinson's no knows what he I just feel like the Premier League has gone too far here with this no yeah. foul call stuff. And it's just people are going to get hurt. I mean, Harvey Elliott got hurt because it's like that's OK now. And, it, and it's even though it was a red card. I wonder, had he not gotten hurt, would it have been a red card? I don't think so. And it's not just the potential for injury, which is obviously a huge threat, but it also, you know, it, it almost further incentivizes those guys to oh, yeah. 
roll around and writhe and do all of the things that yes. I think as fans, we hate to watch because it's a straight up foul. You call it as the referee. It shouldn't take the guy rolling around like his leg snapped into a million pieces to get the call. No, and and the, if you want to further like in, enable that behavior, it's just to the detriment of, of the sport, in my opinion. I agree. That's what it does. And Richarlison hits the ground a lot, but he's fouled a lot. I mean, let's yeah. be honest. And, and then Townsend gets a yellow card after Taylor clearly dives. I mean, he didn't even grab him from the back. He maybe put his hand on his shoulder and he flips over. And Townsend is just incredulous at this point. He's so angry. I mean, there were so many chances that he could have. There's so many worse tackles. I just thought that was absolutely awful. And sure enough, right after that, Burnley scored to make it one nil, which just made things so, so much worse. And I mean, I, I don't it's just kind of one of these goals. You know, I, I don't, I'm still a little skeptical or a free kick defense, but yeah. I don't know if this is really that it's just kind of a scramble after the after the free kicks. They didn't score directly on the free kick. You see it far too often with these. It's not the initial kick. It's the yeah. aftermath of the kick where everyone's trying to stay organized or becomes disorganized. And in it, this case, it is hard. No, totally. Because you never know where it's going to go. And then you really need to have strong communication. And in this case, you see Mina with, I don't, I mean, he gets shoved, but he also, you know, does like a ballerina pirouette type thing to I go still, down. I thought it was a shove though. I mean, I thought it was garbage. But does but he have a chance to make a play on the ball? Maybe. And furthermore, you see both Dean and Godfrey seemingly out of sync. They both close to the exact same area. Yeah, which you may want to double the guy with the ball. That might make sense, but you still want to have each your other. big guys. Yeah, yeah, they looked at each other and like, yeah, you're yes, you would want to have Godfrey back. And Dean's good in the air too. It's just a shame that that's kind of how it it happened. Uh, heck of a cross by Goodmanson, though. I mean, you got to give sure, him a little totally. credit for me. It was it was absolutely perfect, and it was a good finish. But uh, but as it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> that was a big mistake by Burnley, was it not? <laughs> yeah, you do not want to uh, score first on Everton. This new Everton, we had our the new uh, Keith Azul. The new Keith Azul <laughs> said, don't you bleeping dare score first against Everton. Don't you ever try that bleep, which is crazy. It's obviously a little tongue in cheek because typically we're horrible, but this just prompted an unbelievable response from the Toffees. And crazy. it was like just i think burnley just were shell-shocked for like seven to ten minutes yeah the example i used was like hulk hogan back in the day in wrestling matches he would hulk up you know like he's getting beat the whole time and all of a sudden he's just you know hulks up and gets all (laughs) it's just inevitable it was awesome i mean it was just uh it was crazy from the 53rd to 73rd it was six shots to zero four on target uh almost 61 percent possession i mean we we dispossessed them four times we only lost it once it was just completely domination we just took it up a notch. And I, I don't know if it was really, I, I don't want to say the first goal was against the run of play, but it was kind of interesting, uh, but it's the trigger, you know, it's kind of like, okay, dam's broken. Now let's go get him. because yeah. I mean, if you miss this one or don't score right away, it could be pretty disheartened in a match that felt like that scoreline was unfair, felt the officiating was terrible, felt like everything was against us. But in the 59th um, it's a, it, it is a really good header by Michael Keane. Um, I don't really know how to kind of, describe the play really i mean it was kind of innocuous it's kind of coleman plays it out to townsend and godfrey is already there so they can't really double townsend they gave him probably a little too much space i think and too much respect coleman's in support so you know his man can't go get him um and he kind of has time to get on his left foot which we know he can cross the ball and michael Keane's right in there because i mean i think the the other sequence was off the set piece and and it's a fantastic header in the near post there's nothing pope can do it and you could see the team after that was pumped up and Goodison was rocking 
And I mean, it was just like this wave of momentum that I haven't seen in a long time. And I mean, it was exciting. It was like, I mean, I was trying to obviously on the Twitter, we try to live tweet the goals and everything. And I was like trying to get the tweets out. And it was like, go, go, go. We're scoring so fast. But yeah, I mean, a really nice move by Townsend on that first goal to just kind of cut it back to his left. The in swinging cross Keen with a really nice header. Yeah. And two minutes later, we have the subs first substitute, which probably was warranted earlier, but we equalize and things are going really well. But he brings in uh, Andre Gomez and takes off Ben Godfrey. So end of the back three experiment, add an extra body in midfield. Yep. And it made a really instant impact, I think, in the way that we were able to play much more direct, much more quick. We actually had some sort of link up play in the midfield and uh, it was just kind of game on at that point. Yeah, it was the four three three, and we hadn't seen that too much. We know Benitez's bread and butter is the four two three one, but uh, this I think made sense. You know, it filled in that gap that we're talking about before. Uh, Alon was a little more conservative, but and there were some gaps behind him in the center halves a little bit, but there was no one to exploit it anyway for Burnley. Burnley was just throwing guys up high, so that was fine. You know, Alon just kind of looked over his shoulder a whole lot whenever Wood stepped back. He took him. And it allowed, you know, Andre kind of roamed and helped with possession and moving the ball and Decore got higher. And that's what you wanted. You know what I mean? I mean, Decore was just absolutely on something tonight at that point. You know, it just he was already charged up. He was really the one that was making the most impact before. And um, yeah, it just it wasn't anything on Ben. You know, Ben Godfrey was fine. He was just kind of a tactical casualty. Uh, but then we just kicked in and it was just an onslaught. We were pressing a little higher. We were more aggressive. And then the banger in the 64th to make it 2-1 Everton. I mean, this is, you know, it, it's it's kind of a strange play because Dean is plays it up a little bit to Gray, loses it. Brownhill just kind of gives it right away to Lawn. Lawn kind of punches it to Decore. Decore finds Townsend, and Townsend just starts running with the ball. You know what I mean? He kind of fakes wide, cuts back inside. Taylor can't stop him at all at this point. And I'll t- a really important part of this is everyone knows we're attacking with rapidity now, you know, speed. So they're running and they're running. So you've got Gray going down the left half space. So Tarkowski has to honor him, right? He can't come out and close down on Townsend, who's already beaten Taylor, at least, you know, to get a shot off. Where Charleston makes a wonderful run in behind me that pulls me, me, me out as well. So Townsend now has a shot, a channel to shoot down the middle channel. And, um, you know, he unleashes... <laughs> I mean, it was like 25 yards out dipping. I mean, Pope has no chance in this. I mean, this is, can you remember seeing a shot from dist? I mean, there've been a couple over the years, but this was an absolute banger. I mean, it's a special, special goal. And it's been a long time since we've had Everton players even really attempting this type of shot with any like legitimate chance of going in. And he hits it. It's high. It's got top spin the whole way. It's dipping. Pope, not a prayer to get anywhere near it. And he's a, you know, announcer said he's a huge guy and he's miles away from it. Yeah. And it wasn't like perfectly top corner, but it just dips. It gets so high and the drop, the perfect angle under the crossbar and Townsend. I mean, he only scores bangers. That's what he's known for. At Palace. <laughs> right. he's, got some, he's got that in his locker. We saw it in Florida when he hit the post on a really like wide curler. Oh, yeah. The guy's got the left foot. Uh, and he just smashes this one and we're up to one. And I think everyone's kind of looking around. What the heck just happened? What did we just witness? Goodison is going ballistic at this point. Yeah, it was a joy to see. Yeah. Uh, at Brody in Maryland with apologies to at Ryan soccer, AA 
Uh, that's me, by the way. Uh, that's a banger from Andros. I'm, I'm always tweeting the MLS League of Bangers thing because the MLS yeah. has a lot of big goals for whatever reason. But yeah, this hits. It's right off the restart, too. They're still showing Townsend and they're talking about it. You've got, you know, McNeil starts dribbling around a couple of players. He almost beat a couple of guys. Uh, and somehow the ball gets deflected to Coleman, then to Alon, who kind of plays it out to Townsend. Townsend does this clever little flick into space for DeCorey, and DeCorey just takes off, you know, like only he can, like the train he is. Um, and, and it's weird because Taylor's caught up, caught up field. Um, and I, I don't, you don't even realize at the time because Lawton's also caught up field a little bit on the right side because they had the ball just long enough. And this is the classic counterattack. So DeCorey's running, and Mies kind of slides over to, to he's still pretty far away from him, but DeCorey gets to about mid midfield. Me is slid over. You know what I mean? Where Charleston right. makes this great run towards me. Me doesn't see him. So kind of right behind him. And Tarkowski takes a couple steps to follow him. Doesn't realize Lawton's up the field. And Gray makes this great. This is what the gray that we want to see. The direct running in behind guy. Not the dwelling on the ball, ball hogging garbage. Like this is it. He sees the opportunity, takes off. And DeCorey's not the most creative guy, but the one thing he can do is play a through ball. And I mean, this is, I mean, this is a fan. This is a elite level pass. As good as you'll see. And, and Gray is like in acres and acres of space. I mean, he He's is gone. so wide open because of the moves made by Richarlison, by other players. And he's just gone. And DeCorey puts really nice weight on it because it, yeah. it'd be really, if that's off, if that's behind him a little bit, the whole move is disrupted. So he just puts it right in his stride. Gray, confident. Bursting with speed, drives it in, slots at home, and it's 3-1. Goodison, bonkers, going just crazy, crazy, crazy. And uh, it was 3-1, and at that point, the game is basically done because Burnley looked shell-shocked. They looked heads down. They looked defeated. They didn't know what hit them. And we're still there's still 20 minutes left to play, more than 20 minutes. And then we hit them right away again, <laughs> flying down there, you know, Andre, Place it to Coleman, who plays it to Corey, bangs one in right away. Everyone's like, this is not happening. This can't yeah. be real. Turns out he's offside. But but <sighs> still, I mean, it was an awesome scene. It's just like bang, 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 bang. I mean, Burnley was totally toasted at this point. It was just absolutely. And we had a bunch of chances after this, too. I mean, how about in the 72nd minute, that ridiculous 30-yard ball by Keane across the pitch to Townsend? I mean, and the, the amazing, amazing part about this is to Townsend, is not known for having the greatest first touch. I mean, let's be honest, okay? He's he's not. But he makes a great first touch to send himself kind of back towards the field, running perpendicular to the goal, kind of the top of the 18. And he's kind of, you know, dragging it a little bit. You know, the players are waiting on him. And he gets outside of him, and he unleashes a shot. <laughs> that is just a missile. And you can tell, he, I mean, he's filled with confidence. He puts that extra oomph on it, like... You know, it was like a, a women's tennis, like screaming, like, you know, right. two handed backhand. He just smokes this thing. I don't know how Pope even got up to save it. I mean, it definitely stung his hands. I mean, that is as hard a shot as I've seen in a long time. I mean, I mean, you know what I mean? When, when it hit it, tell me you weren't like, oh, my Lord. It was so quick. And the only thing is he, he hits it near post and Pope is kind of positioned there already, which is the yep. only critique that I have because it was a rocket. I would love to have seen a radar gun clocking that thing because it was absolutely flying. And it was Smash. like, you know, obviously the first one was a rocket and it kind of goes up and dips. This one is just straight line frozen rope, as they say in baseball straight and, and Pope using his size makes the save, but may uh, have some uh, 
broken bones in his fingers after that. Yeah. And, and, you know, and we were just and it was just relentless. I mean, right off the corner, we start playing and, and then you have this other, you know, next thing you know, we're coming down again and it's just this onslaught. I mean, it's Dean to Gray and Gray's on. The, it's very interesting. The tactical solution there really helped because it's this is a good example where Dean kind of gives the ball out to, to Damari Gray. Gray has the ball. He's stopped about the 18 wide on the left. He's looking directly square. And he's got both Andre and DeCorey sitting there on top of the 18. There's tons of space in between the lines. The Burnley center halves are too far back. He actually makes the pass like a skip pass in rugby almost all the way to DeCorey. DeCorey pops it in through to Gomes. It kind of rattles around. And I mean, it sits there right on the doorstep for Andre. And Andre's in the final third. So what does Andre do in the final third? Not score, typically. And he does not score here. He it does get a little bit of a touch, which I think put him off, but he curls it. It's maybe two oh. feet wide of the post. And uh, that would have been Andre. really nice to see Andre get on it. But regardless, Everton, and that was kind of the last major chance, I think. I mean, they uh, had then, they gave us a scare in the 75th. I, yeah. I, I still don't. I mean, granted, it was called for offsides. But like, can someone please explain to me what Pickford is doing on the sequence? It's so strange. Uh, it really is. I mean, I, I, I don't know if he just. Like, I appreciate a keeper that wants to come out and be assertive, you know, especially at the end of the match when people are tired and I get that. But and it's again, it's the same type of thing where it's a set piece and then the ball kind of comes out on a deflection. It's put back in. Right. I mean, I think Um, I just he doesn't he comes out for no reason. It gets banged in. And thankfully, two people were off sides. There was probably a shove in there and stuff. But like that, the game changes a little bit at that point. Now, as a result, they didn't score. It was waved off. And I mean. You know, at this point, you could see they were just flawed. I mean, they, they they were pushing people down the middle and the service either was bad or when they did have good service, the three guys weren't there. Um, it just wasn't happening. You know what I mean? And um, we saw it out pretty, pretty comfortably, honestly, at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I think Burnley really would have needed that second goal on that was disallowed to really give them a prayer when the flag went up and they got called. You could tell that they were kind of defeated and we did a good job of game management after that point saw it out and then full-time Everton moved to fourth I guess joint first technically in the Premier League table but in summary Ryan I mean I think the (laughs) the refereeing kind of I mean it's a great result but for a long time that was the focal focal talking point of the entire match only nine fouls called by Atkinson I mean we had three how is that possible Nine fouls in that match. I mean, if you would have told me, I would have said that was one of the rougher matches and there would have been a ton of foul. I would love to see if there's study done to see how many foul calls English coaches get versus none. Mm. The only reason I say that is this Burnley team hatchets and plays very physical and they don't have that many fouls and they don't have the ball that much. So again, maybe it's just great discipline and stuff. I I don't want to say it's a smoking gun or say anything, but sometimes I really do ask those questions. But I mean, nine fouls. I got this uh, text from Jake Holton making the Cincy Toffees proud, Jeff and the crew. Um, Ryan, I think someone could run on the pitch with a gun and Atkinson would let the game carry on. And I felt like he was not way off. And the worst part is all this is happening. And then our favorite broadcaster, Andy Townsend, comes in and says, we're bringing it back to when the PL was at its best. Like, when was that, you dinosaur? Like, come on, man. I did not. I'm seriously got to a point where it got like in the second half, the beginning of the second half. It's like, I don't want to watch this. This isn't entertaining to see people, you know, big klutzes. I mean, yeah, it would have been great for me as a player. Hooray to go in and just slobber (laughs) knock people and knock them all over the pitch. It was terrible. It was not 
fluid. It wasn't really exciting. There wasn't artistic anything about it. I would like to remind you, though, of a poll the Independent ran in 2014 when it looked like Andy Townsend had lost his job, uh, commentating on European matches and other matches. Results for least favorite football co-commentator on TV and far and away Andy Townsend over Michael Owen, I might add, which is. Oh, who's infamously bad. Can you imagine Michael Owen doing? I mean, you just hear some of the things he said. It's like, why would anyone think, oh, that's the guy I want to have announcing a match? Sorry, Michael. I hate to say it. But anyway, um. Yeah, I mean, that, that's some of that's a summary. Uh, I thought we did OK in the aerial battle, too. And that was an important factor coming into them. We talked about all the aerials that that Burnley had won compared to everybody else. And so you knew it was going to happen. I thought we I mean, yeah, you look at the goal and you look at the chance that that would head early. But I, I think we stopped the game, their aerial game to an extent. Yeah, particularly from open play, but also largely. I mean, they yeah. scored their goal on a set piece, but we won 26 aerials versus Burnley's 22. Mina, the Jeez. massive beast that he is wins nine of 10 90 percent godfrey won five um we we're forced into 28 defensive aerials so that's a lot of aerial pressure which yeah and, and it's no joke i mean burnley has some big guys up front those guys want to disrupt and, and win balls in the air and i think we did a good job of negating that um and, and again the, the move of keen to the cent most central of the three center halves did make a huge difference I think so. I mean, we outshot them 13 to five after that point, you know, six to three shots on target. But I, I think that was very helpful. Um, but the four, three, three really changed the match to me. We were totally dominant at that point. I mean, it filled the obvious gaps. Like we said, midfield allowed to Corey to get up the field. Um, there was a really interesting post-match interview with Jamie Carragher, uh, Gary Neville and the sky sports crowd uh, with Benitez, which went on for quite a bit and I enjoyed it. Um, and he talked a little bit about the switch and, and, you know, his, his issue was he really wanted to see the three center halves push up more, you know, and, and they weren't doing that. And the switch to four, three, three kind of enabled that. And I agree. It's hard to synchronize three people. You know what I mean? You got to have them work together to do that. Um, he felt like the change wasn't as important as the attitude of the players, you know, change gave us more control. The difference was the attitude. Um, and then he explained why the three backs. And he said, you could see how they play past the center forward, play into the channels, win second balls, and, you know, I, I think his setup makes sense, you know, kind of your typical three center halves to deal with two center forwards. Um, but we were not pushing enough. Then we'd push and it, it would go behind them. And I, I think he was giving Burnley some credit on how how to deal with it. But he felt like the four three three allowed us to go forward with more quality. And then, you know, Carragher asked a lot of questions about, you know, him wanting Everton to now play with high intensity, you know, and play more direct. And I thought some of Rafael Benitez's responses were good to that, too. Yeah, I mean, I think the fans have really responded to the way that Rafa wants to play. And he says as much. He said, try to play with high tempo like the fans like. For him, it's important to get the ball into the box, play wingers, obviously. Um, connection with the fans, plenty of room for improvement. So laying the groundwork and, and in front of the home fans, I mean, people were eating it up. Yeah, and I'm glad Gary Neville asked him about the tackle on Richarlison and and um you know, Benitez is not the most coy in interviews. You know what I mean? He's, <laughs> yeah. he's not, he's not Carlo. Like he thinks he's being it that way, I think, but he still speaks very directly. Um, yeah. And a good part of that's probably a little bit of language, even if he's been in England for a long time. I mean, his quote was, I had a feeling the tackle was too strong. And then he made kind of a joke about Jamie Carrier playing fullback, but um, his concern is, you know, you need to be careful. You know, uh, the ball is there. The ankles behind to describe the injury on Harvey Elliott. And, and uh, attributing the bad injury a little bit to some of the overaggressive play. 
Uh, and then, I mean, Carragher rightfully asked some questions about kind of kind of the fans, you know what I mean? And their reception. And and I thought he he said what we've heard him say before. Fans are fine. Social media, there was noise. You know, everyone around where he's lived was fine. But I think what he said was the most interesting is that Everton fans want a team that gives everything. But what did he say? The players last year were not performing at the level. Now they're giving it all. I mean, it's pretty much what he said verbatim. Um, I did like his attitude about everyone saying we haven't done anything yet. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's so important to know, like, and we've, we've talked about it a lot, but really not a whole lot of money spent. And yet the dramatic improvements, you know, he said, we've done nothing yet to the team. Right. And uh, the, yeah, they asked him what the target was for the season. And, you know, Carlo, when asked this question, would say, well, we're, our goal is to get into Europe. And he said that from pretty much the outset. Rafa just says 13 points after the next match, just the beginning, which yeah. is perfect. And, and similar, he asked another or he was asked another question about um, what the goal was for Everton and he just or how long he'd like to stay at Everton. And he essentially just said, I just want to get points. And if I stay, that means I'm doing a good job. There's none of this extrapolation to I'd love to see us. I'd love to walk out at Bramley more dock and blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. He's just he's, he's a straight shooter and you have to respect it. It was funny. He you know, Townsend did the interview before with yeah. him and, and explained that even after, you know, having such a great game, that Benitez was critical of him for whatever. And, you know, Carragher made some crack, like he hadn't changed as a manager. And he was very blunt about it. He's like, look, you, we're trying to improve everything. Um, and maybe that's what this team needs. And he's going to, he's going to alienate some guys. I mean, that's just sure. how, how he is. But I, I think, it's working, you know, and, and maybe this is a, a closer to the identity that that the fans want, you know, um, I don't know. Uh, you know, I thought we had a couple very much standout performances today and a, and a bunch of other good performances. Um, I think we'd be I think the, the top two are fairly obvious. I, I mean, don't you agree? There was a clear theme in our responses and just general yeah. observations. And the two guys are, of course, Townsend and Decore. And look, Andres Townsend, Ryan, we were talking before we started recording and said he may have been a candidate to get subbed at the half. Right. It's seven bad touches. Not it, a great first half. It wasn't awful necessarily. It was just kind no. of if we're looking to change things around who gets sacrificed. And you could see maybe moving Coleman up if you want to keep Ben Godfrey on, moving him right, uh, bringing Alex Awobi in to play in the center. Uh, a question about how healthy Alex Awobi was, too, if you remember. I mean, he yeah. was hurt. So, um yeah, but I mean, look, and then he just turned it on in the second half. I mean, he hit the total banger, the assist to Keen, um, another that crush shot. He made a tackle, two interceptions. He always contributes on the defensive end, at least with effort. But I mean, he only had 38 touches, but two for four in crosses, only 18 passes. But look, he came up big when it was needed. And, and it was a team effort, but he took the space in front of him. And you could tell he's filled with confidence and he, he was absolutely stellar. Um, I think the other candidate you got to look at is Decore for sure. Absolutely. We have this from uh, EFC underscore Stato. Abdullah Decore's stats against Burnley, 64 touches, two assists, 39 successful passes, 15 going forward, 13 successful passes in the attacking third, created two chances, 75% pass accuracy, which I think is a little lower than actually what he's clocked so far this season, but nine recoveries, three interceptions, two successful tackles. I mean, the second assist or the first assist rather to for Townsend set goal is <laughs> yeah. just a perfect uh, encapsulation of why it's a flawed statistic, but <laughs> he was everywhere and he was incredibly influential on both sides of the ball as he has proven to be 
under Benitez so far. Yeah, Dano at Dano J21 has been fantastic. Always drives forward and looks for gray while doing it. He's right. I mean, it's it's often we see attacks seem to start right and kind of head to the left. Not too dissimilar the way Hamas would would do it last year, just in a different way of doing it. And that's good. You know, I, Rafael Benitez wants to see more vertical passing. And we're not talking about like horizontal switches. We, we know we're like last in the league, maybe 19th in the league. When we did Toffee TV USA, we kind of did a way too early team assessment, you know, after three matches. But you're seeing a lot of the trends. Um, I've seen some calls for a lawn for man of the match. Um Toffee Lurker 1878 at Lurker 1878 delighted with the turnaround and result a dreadful first hour shouldn't be glossed over but plenty of positives a lawn man of the match for me um I mean it's obvious his defensive contributions were solid I don't know how many recoveries he had probably a ton he had two tackles he had a clearance um I mean you know for the most part he took care of the ball a couple dribbles he did carry it once or twice although I think that was more just kind of out of disjointedness um yeah. i wouldn't have made him my man of the mat can- candidate but i mean his coverage enabled and allowed decore and even andre gomes to get into the attack a little bit so um i certainly appreciated his effort oh we have a lot of candidates like that guys who played well and kind of it it helped facilitate some of the results of the two standouts today uh i thought damari gray was very good as well again rafa is just getting a tune out of this kid the 1.5 million transfer. He had five bad touches today, but he got four shots off. Yeah. Obviously had the goal, a couple interceptions. His pace and directness have been so important for us. And uh, it's just paying dividends. You can see the, the kid has a lot of confidence and the manager has him playing a particular way and it's working out. But the knee slide. The knee slide. Yeah, we had uh, David Molyneux at DMX551 says, finally, Gray masters the post-goal knee slide, which is a great shout. He did hit this one quite well. Yeah, I I thought Richarlison gave a lot for the team, too. I know he didn't score. Uh, He was in position to score a couple times, and Gray didn't play him through once, and he was ticked. Uh, Even Andre on his shank could have just tapped it to Richie, and he knocks it in. But look, he led the team of tackles with three, made runs all day, helping to create two of the goals. Um, Only fouled once. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, he was fouled half a dozen times at least, but what do you say five, to that? they all were called. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's absolutely, it's just nonsense. And I, I think I go back to MVP. I mean, I think he makes a good point. If it's top six player, he gets all sorts of foul calls. He had one shot, but he took care of the ball. I mean, he only really had three bad touches. He only had 29 touches. But the point is, if you're playing center forward like that, it's hard. You know, you're going to lose the ball a lot. Um, he did okay in the aerial department and he fought, you know, and he, he was very active and made a lot of movement and, and helped the team. Uh, I thought Luca Dean, a lot of people were, were maybe saying he didn't play well in the first half. And I mean, he didn't do much, but as much as we run the, the transitional attack through our fullbacks, you know, I, I thought he was fine. I mean, he led the team in touches. Yeah. Again, we've talked about how much Rafa wants to use both Dean and Coleman in the wide. I mean, he has 80 touches, which is crazy high. He won four aerials. He actually ended with four key passes um, and only lost was dispossessed once had one bad touch. He had a shot, which I believe is on the set piece um, two for five in crosses. So he's doing okay. I think people, he wasn't great taking corners today, Uh I think that probably draws the eye, but where we doing the short corners. That was a little bit strange. Um, yeah, very. But he had three interceptions and a clearance. I mean, he was contributing. Uh, the aerials were key too. I mean, I, I just, I just think standards high for him. 
and I think we're not as dependent on him as we have been in years past. So when True. he's not an obvious standout on the offensive side of the ball, people tend to maybe overlook what he's doing off the ball. I think he's just creating differently. I think in some cases, yeah. people are used to seeing these big. I mean, he had what five crosses today. I mean, people don't realize him. he's averaging barely over a cross per 90 in the first three matches. We're right. just not crossing the ball that much. I think we had 16 today. We're not we're not as reliant on that, I should say. I, it's not that Rafael Benitez won't cross it, but like we thought at the beginning of the year and I got roasted for, I mean, this he's not going to specifically design a team to just fire mindless crosses into Dominic Calvert-Lewin. That's just not how he works. You know, We're not I mean? Burnley, Ryan. We're not Burnley. <laughs> thank, thank God. Um, yes. All right, so we had some shouts for man of the match. Um, let's see. Who else do we have here? You want to kick her off here and then... Um, I mean, I, I'd be surprised if we have more than the two. Yeah, we have uh, It's pretty strong consensus. We had a couple uh, shouts thrown in, but largely the two guys we already talked about. And we start with Ace, a.k.a. LaShawn Baines. At when did he become Ace? LeBon. I don't know. They People change their names. I don't, Come on, LaShawn, man. What Ace, Ace now? LaShawn Baines. Ways? We are, apparently. He <laughs> said, uh, Townsend is man of the match for me. Great ball into Keane for the equalizer and then that rocket of a second goal. Decore also gets a shout for being in dangerous positions in the box and covering so much ground and for that peach of a ball to gray for the third goal. I mean, the, the two plays of the game for me, are the Townsend shot, obviously in that third ball from Decore, those were just both moments of top, top drawer class from both of them. I still want to see the radar gun on that shot by Townsend. I'm me too. Um, the Robert Morrison at RS underscore Morrison. Those goals just came out of nowhere when it looked like a typical deflated performance of was coming following the Burnley goal of what was coming. Pardon me. Uh, what a response. I'll admit it. The Rafa thing is working. Townsend or Decore, man of the match for me. And then back to Brody in Maryland. Did he did he really have to bring up the U.S. Honduras match? He did. It was uh, hurtful, but he said reminiscent of U.S. Honduras. For those of you that watch that, match, it was we got uh, it wrong, it, you know, and had the yeah. wrong formation. And everything I totally agree. Very poor first forty-five. A different team after halftime. Obvious three at the back doesn't suit them. Andros has to be man of the match for cross on Keen goal and banger for the match winner. Duke's great again and Gray early leader for value signing of the season. Bring on Villa. That's going to be a big one. Uh, but we talked before going into this match that how would Rafael Benitez fare against a different type of tactical challenge? And I don't think he got it right at first, uh, but I think there was thought process and logic behind it. Uh, I think he's learning about his team, too. I think in particular center halves. Um, I kind of sometimes you kind of wonder, like, how much does he like some of these guys? You know, you, you kind of want because he, he in the past and, and we talked about this in the team assessment, how quickly he shipped some guys out. So we'll find out what he really thinks about him in January and maybe the summer. Uh, it'll be interesting, but it was encouraging. I mean, what a great rally. And we've already had two massive comebacks this year. And this was exciting. I mean, it was really spectacular. I mean, when Decore scored the goal, that got waved off. I was just like laughing. You know, it's just so absurd. And to watch our discord to change. Yeah. And, you know, just everyone's like, oh, my God, you know, all this other stuff. And um it was very funny. Uh, that's a good crew to kind of be messaging and pinging with while the match went on. But yeah, I was pretty pumped up. I think most people were uh, fantastic win, though. Um, bring us to the top of the table way too early for that. Um, but yeah, so we go again Sunday. Yeah, making the most of what is a relatively easy start starting schedule and uh, feels really good to just enjoy Everton banging in all sorts of crazy fun goals. 
What will they cook up against Aston Villa? That remains to be seen. Another kind of interesting new sort of challenge during this campaign. Villa haven't really, I think, quite gelled with all their new signings yet. They've had their struggles, but it'll be certainly a uh, test for the Toffees, and we'll be looking forward to that one. Um, Thanks, everyone, for listening. We appreciate you all. If you want to check out our most recent Toffee TV USA, we cut an episode doing some deep statistical diving on the first three matches of the Premier League season. And I think we saw some of those trends continue today. But check that out. I think that was a good one. Otherwise, if you want to find all of our social media links, links, et cetera, et cetera, you can find those at linktr.ee slash USA Toffee Pod. That's our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Discord, et cetera, YouTube, all of the podcast platforms, all that good stuff. Um, Ryan, any last words before we conclude? I don't want to get too excited about you know success against you know Burnley, their 18th, you know, Leeds 17th. I'm not trying to be a wet blanket here. Uh, Brighton is sixth. You know, they're playing pretty well. We made them look bad. That was really an excellent match by us. Um, and Southampton in 14th. But look, you know, you can only play what's in front of you. And and some of these wins have granted it had to change very quickly, but especially the Brighton one. I mean, these were convincing matches. You know, there's a and and you know it's gonna probably get better hmm. because of the tactical adjustments. So a lot to be a lot to be optimistic about, but it's a very long season and um you know, it's good to not get too high or too low, but man, you got to enjoy them when they happen. And I, I want to hear from EFC Jonesy on the discord about what the environment was. I'd like to hear from anyone. I mean, it sounded like it was electric. Yeah. One of those special, special nights at Goodison under the lights when Everton just turn up and put in a magnificent performance and give the fans something to go home to nice and happy and uh, appreciate everyone for listening and for Hope you all enjoyed the game. We'll be with you following the match this weekend. Thanks so much as always. And until next time, up the toffees.